All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 10 o'clock in the City of Champions, and we haven't even really talked any Major League Baseball yet. This morning, uh, we will do so with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News shortly. But man, oh man, what a game last night between the Phillies and the Braves. Game number four, our good friend Frank Saravalli was in the stands. I thought I might have saw him once way up there in the cheap seats, but hard to say. Uh, the whole family was there. That was cool for him uh, to be at the game. But, man, I mean, what can you say about the Phillies? Uh, Ranger Suarez was fantastic to start. Uh, they bring in every, every button uh, that they pushed bringing in pitchers worked. Uh, the Canadian manager, Thompson, did it all. He, I think he outmanaged Snedeker. Thompson did. Uh, Nick Castellanos, two home runs. So he's the first player in Major League Baseball history with back-to-back multiple home run games, which, I mean, you think about all the great players. You think of Reggie Jackson, and you think of all these guys that, that you know, had all these wicked postseason games and postseason series, but Nick Castellanos, the first guy uh, to to uh, turn the trick with the the double deuce there in games three and four. Now, in the top of the seventh, and if you ever really look at the at, at the ballpark in Philadelphia, there are some kind of corners and uh, there's like there's some dangerous areas when you're going back for a baseball in Philadelphia. Um, in the seventh inning, the Braves had the bases loaded. You can't ask for a better player at the at the plate. Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, a 40 home run, 70 steal guy with loaded bases. And, man, he got a hold of one, but he didn't get all of it. And it went out to left center field, and Johan Rojas made a rookie, made an amazing catch in extremely difficult circumstances. And that was the play of the game. Um, you can talk about all the home runs that uh, that Philly hit, but to see him, he was. And when you look at the replay, he wasn't really scared of the wall, Duke, but he was aware of the jut out of that corner in that ballpark. Um, if that's hit another foot or two, I think he's got a lot of problems. But he tracked it down well. It was that was the play of the game by far. Yeah, it was on uh, some of the, you know, quote-unquote secondary TVs last night. Of course, I was at the Canadian yeah. Brewhouse for Thursday Night Football, and the sound's on for the football game. And uh, to be really honest, uh, the way that game had been going, I was almost tempted to ask the, the manager if they could flip the baseball game up onto one of the bigger screens and turn the sound on because you, you talk about high-leverage situation. I was so impressed with uh, Craig Kimbrell coming into the game and, the, like you said, bases juiced and, and gets himself out of a jam there. Um, a guy that's been doing it for so long, uh, Kimbrel has and just as effective as ever in those high leverage spots and you said that catch back at the, the warning track for mm-hmm. anybody that has never actually played um, baseball in general it doesn't have to be super competitive even just slow pitch out with your buddies on a Wednesday night and having a few cold beers in the process whether it's a chain link fence waist high or a big wall like they're obviously dealing in the major leagues mm-hmm. anytime you have a fly ball pushing you back and like you said you're aware of the wall or the fence or whatever it is in your head immediately and yes these are pro players but that doesn't take away from that fact so the being able to make that catch in that moment to get your team out of a 
really, really dangerous spot. Man, I was impressed. And all the credit to the Phillies. It's been Braves, Braves, Braves all yep. year. But uh, here we go, Phillies and D-backs in the NLCS. Second straight year, Philadelphia eliminates the Braves. They did it with the long ball. The Phillies did 11 home runs in the four games. And, you know, that could have been a series sweep as well. Game number two, Phillies had them. Braves came back with a couple of two-run dingers later in the game. Uh, that could have been a series sweep. The four best teams uh, record-wise, record-wise, the four best teams record-wise in the majors this year are gone. All the three division winners, gone. Uh, we talked about how um, formidable the American League East was this year. Rays gone, Jays gone, Orioles gone. Um, those four teams, the top four teams, Atlanta, L.A., Baltimore, and Tampa went 1-11 in the playoffs. 1-11. We talked about the Dodgers' 25.03 ERA. Um, no good. Uh, what's the status with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News, Duke? What are we looking at? Uh, Evan's, we're just waiting on him to give us a call back. Uh, and this is something that we talk about, once again, not being able to relate to uh, up here in Canada compared to in Texas the necessity of an air conditioner. His uh, his AC repairman had just showed up to the door as I, I got him on the line, so we just asked for a few minutes to get him set up. He's going to give us a shout back. So we're just waiting on uh, Evan to reach back out to us, and then we'll uh, chat about the ALCS coming up. Starts on Sunday, I believe. Yes, Sunday, and uh, everyone's going to be well-rested for sure. Monday for the uh, uh, National League. So, I mean, there's okay. Arizona is the story in the National League. Uh, the story in the American League is to have these two Texas teams square off, and I mean, going to be just an amazing series. There is talk right now that Max Scherzer will be returning to pitch in the ALCS. Uh, that was against the Jays in that series that the Rangers clubbed the Jays at Rogers in Toronto, where Scherzer just felt that little tweak in his arm left the game immediately but he feels that he's going to be ready and we're going to hopefully talk to evan about that uh text coming in to 1-833-401-1440 um we were talking about the uh, double header tomorrow two o'clock elks eight o'clock oilers um Yes, we'll be going. 20 bucks for an Elks ticket. People say it's too expensive. Uh, are out to lunch. That's literally a beer at Rogers Place. Plus, the weather looks great tomorrow. Um, texter, sad actually how you talk of Oilers and Elks, but nothing of Bears, Huskies this weekend. Well, unfortunately, we did talk uh, Bears and Huskies at the top of the show uh, with Eddie Steele, and we will be having Chris Morris on at 1020 as the uh, Golden Bears get set to take on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies at Footfield tomorrow at 1 p.m. Now, that's going to be a great game. Unfortunately, it's on at the same time as the uh, Elks. Wouldn't it be awesome just somehow to stagger that? Just unreal. Um all right, looks like we uh, have uh, hooked up with uh, Evan Grant from the um, Dallas Morning News. Uh, hey, morning, Evan. Have you got your air conditioning uh, problem figured out? Uh, well, we've got it figured out, Kevin, but we don't have it working yet. So we'll get there eventually. <laughs> What's the temperature like down one there? The, one of the problems of living in Texas is that uh, air conditioners work 
very, very hard and apparently aren't very well constructed these days. Well, I could tell you one thing, Evan. That's the last thing we're worried about here at the end of October is air conditioning. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, we'll make it through. We're just uh, just something else to prepare for in the middle of a playoff run. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be just jacked to uh, get ready for this uh, this series. Texas and Houston, uh, I imagine the whole state is uh, talking about this one moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it's with the, the Rangers' ownership, uh, and I think, you know, to some extent, Astros' ownership have long hoped for was to turn this into – a real rivalry with something at stake. Uh, these teams have been playing, though they were in different leagues, they've been playing for 22 years now. Um, they tried to create a little trophy that made for the rivalry. But the only thing that really makes for a rivalry is when there's when there's something at stake, when there's real, real consequences. And when this first started, the Rangers were good, the Astros weren't. Then the Astros got good and the Rangers weren't. And so here we are. In 2023, with both these teams playing for the opportunity to go to the World Series, I, I think that um, it's going to be huge for for baseball in the state of Texas. I don't know how much uh, nationally across the country people are going to get into it, but I, I think this is going to be huge for for the growth of baseball uh, in this state um, and, and baseball fandom in this state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, one of your most uh, recent articles in the uh, Dallas Morning News was about the possibility of Max Scherzer and even John Gray uh, coming back. Uh, any update on that? Uh, well, I will get a better update today. Mm-hmm. Um, Max threw a simulated game of about 60 pitches on uh, Wednesday, and uh, yesterday was kind of a recovery day, and the Rangers will get a better idea uh, exactly today where he stands. But they certainly sounded very optimistic. Uh, Bruce Bochy basically said everything, but yes, he is on the roster. And so uh, I think that barring some kind of unforeseen setback, he's going to be part of the roster going into the ALCS. As far as Gray goes, um, I think it's a little bit more uncertain. He hadn't thrown off a mound in the same manner that, that Scherzer had, but Gray's also been out a shorter period of time than, than Scherzer had. I think the Rangers would look at Gray as potentially a bullpen piece in this round. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I think a lot of that also kind of depends on exactly how they set up the rotation and what they feel like would be their bullpen options. It, he might actually be a luxury for them at this point in time. Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News, is our guest on Sports 1440. Um, boy, when, when Jonah Heim and Josh Young both came back, that created a spark uh, as far as the Rangers moving forward. But at the same breath, Evan Carter has been just unreal since uh, he's come up. Uh, can you kind of just uh, discuss the, those three and what they've meant to kind of get things going here for the Rangers? Yeah, you know, I, I think this was the this was the team's issue the whole second half when it kind of slid and was inconsistent. Was you look at any point in time, uh, they were without Corey Seager for two weeks, yeah. then they were without Josh Young for. For seven, they were without Adolis Garcia for two. They were without Hein for three. They never had their lineup together. Uh, and interestingly enough, when Garcia went down, that's when the Rangers put themselves in a position where they needed to call up Evan Carter, who is, had been their best prospect, was on the cusp of a major league call-up, but there just wasn't really an everyday role for him. 
when Garcia went down, it kind of forced them into that situation. And Carter has come up and had uh, exceptionally disciplined at bats. He's been he's been great uh, in terms of, of making pitchers throw strikes and not expanding his zone. Probably more than the Rangers, well, more than anybody would have imagined. I think he's reached base eleven times in fifteen plate appearances in, in this postseason, mm-hmm. or or had at one point in time. Uh, so you put him first at the bottom of the lineup, and it turned the bottom of the lineup over uh, for those guys like Seager and uh, for Simeon and Seager at the top. Now you've moved him into the number five spot, and it kind of lengthens out the middle of the lineup all that much more. Uh, Josh Young has found his stroke after after struggling to, to get back following the, the uh, thumb injury, and so now he's hitting in the bottom third of the lineup, and you've just got a lineup right now where there are no easy outs, and, and it wears pitchers down. It's what they did against Baltimore um, in all three games, and particularly in game three. You know, they, they had mm-hmm. Dean Kramer through, what, 22 pitches in the first inning, and they had made him throw 30 by the time he was chased out of the second, so... Um, the lineup is functioning really, really well right now. The question about the Rangers is going to be, do they have enough starting pitching to put in place? What is the situation on Scherzer? And their bullpen has been kind of the weakness all, all season. And Corey Seager's just been leading the way, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's certainly an MVP candidate. And I think, you know, the way he finished the season made him an even stronger MVP candidate. The... Uh, The postseason doesn't count towards, excuse me, towards MVP status. That all was voted on before the end of the season, so it can't come into play. But I think if you took, if you took what he did during the regular season and what he's done during the postseason when he absolutely dominates, this guy has probably been, uh, probably been the best player in, in baseball because Shohei Otani didn't isn't playing in October and didn't play in in September. Um, Jordan Alvarez is tearing the cover off the ball for the um, Astros, and they got a deep lineup as well. So, just sort of, kind of, what are your thoughts in general on this series uh, moving forward on Sunday uh, for Game Number One? Yeah, I mean this uh, this Houston lineup is uh, is treacherous, and um, every time I want to say that that Jordan Alvarez is a very bad man, then Kyle Tucker does something <laughs> against the Rangers that. That instills fear, and and then when you say they're both very bad men, all of a sudden Jose uh, Jose Altuve steps up and hits like five home runs and a six at bat span. Yeah. So or Bregman, there's a lot. Uh, or well, and Bregman hasn't done much against the Rangers this year. But okay. listen, you can go up and down that lineup, and we haven't mentioned a Jose, Jose Abreu or Chaz McCormick, who against the Rangers I think is hitting 400 this year. So th- there, there is also a very, very tough lineup there for the Rangers to try and navigate their way through. I just think that for anybody to take a look at the last time these teams met in early September when Houston absolutely dominated the series in Arlington and say that's the that's who these two teams are would be underestimating underestimating the Rangers. That was a different team yeah. at that point in time. The roster was was decimated by injuries. Um and I think that uh uh it's um it, it's just a different and better team today. Well, we're going to be looking forward to the uh, series. Uh, thanks for doing this, Evan. Hope you get your air conditioning problem sorted out. Well, we'll be we'll be fine. It's not <laughs> it's not too hot in Texas today, and uh, we'll uh, having the windows open for a change is nice. I just need to uh, 
see what the, the situation will be with Max Scherzer. That's my priority. <laughs> well, let us know if you need us to send a, a rep from Mr. Reuter down. That's uh, one of our sponsors on the show. They could help you out. Or, or Reese Johnson, any of our plumbing guys can help you out. That'll be great. Thanks, Kevin. All right. That's uh, Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News. When we come back, Chris Morris, uh, head coach of the University of Alberta Golden Bears, as they get ready for the Saskatchewan Huskies in a massive tilt tomorrow at Footfield. That's on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. <laughs> All right, Black Betty. All right, welcome back to the big program, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Text line open one 1440 as we await uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears head coach Chris Morris will hook up uh, with the former offensive lineman with the uh, green and gold in just a moment or two. Uh, Right now, the Bears are tied with Saskatchewan and UBC, all with four and one records. Uh, A bye week last week for all teams in Canada West, CIS, maybe, who knows. Uh, But all teams had the bye week last week, so uh, that's how they work it. So now... This is basically a battle for first place in Canada West, and the Golden Bears have had a phenomenal season so far. Just the one loss when they went out to UBC. It was a tough game. UBC's got a heck of a team, but Saskatchewan beat UBC uh, as well, so that's why all three teams are tied with 4-1 and one records. Uh, Manitoba, Eddie Steele's alma mater, with a record of two and three, Regina's one and four, and then Calgary zero oh and five. The Dukes is trying to hook up with uh, Chris Morris. A text coming in, and we're gonna—I'm gonna pony on this one texture. Uh, he doesn't have his name on it, does he? All right. So what? We're gonna put your name on it next time, and you know who we're talking about. So uh, sad, actually, how you talk of Oilers and Elks and nothing of Bears. That's where we left off. The Duke responds. We've got Chris Morris coming on. Um, true, but when the guy from the Elks was talking, no mention of how, I don't know, you university sports get any billing. Um, the Duke responds, getting into it with this dude. Uh, he's the Elks communications director. He came on to clarify questions about closing the upper bowl. Why would he talk about the Golden Bears? This dude goes on. Why not support minor football? All right, now here's, here's the only thing that I want to get into with this guy. Uh, And the Duke responds, because it didn't fit in the context of the interview. Like I said, we have Chris Morris coming up. Edmonton Huskies GM Jason Lorimer was on with Jason Greger yesterday afternoon. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to our podcast, Hour 4 of the Jason Greger Show. Um, All right. After 25 years in Edmonton media, uh, 33 total. I can guarantee you right now in the Edmonton sports landscape, bar none, Edmonton, um, right now in all of Edmonton, in every medium, Sports 1440 is the only media that talks about minor sports. Um, We will be talking about quick card minor hockey coming up. Uh, The only media that talks about High school football, the only media that talks about uh, Canada West, Golden Bears, McEwen Griffins, uh, Nate Ooks, junior football. There isn't another media outlet, whether you want to talk the journal, the sun, um, global TV, CTV, CBC, city TV, no one talks about local sports 
except for Sports 1440. Before that, it was the Team 1260 or TSN 1260 after. It's the way the world has gone. It's the way sports media has changed. Uh, Unfortunately, that's how it's gone. Now, on other podcasters, um, do they talk about local sports? No, not a lot. Very, very few. The reason being is because most people want to talk about the Oilers in town. Then you'll talk about the Elks. Um, Then it filters down from there. Uh, When I was at Global, we used to say we have a pie, okay? Uh, If that pie is however big it is, uh, let's go 100%. Over the course of the year, we need to spend two-thirds of that pie talking and reporting on the Oilers. Um, Then, that might be a little hot. Let's go 60%. Then there would be maybe 25 to 30% on the double years. Then we would filter it down to the University of Alberta. Then we would filter it down to junior football, whatever other minor football. You want to talk high school football. Um, then McEwen came on and went into the university side of things. They were in the ACAC, so they would be filtered in with, you know, maybe just a little bit higher than high school football sports, high school football and, and high school sports, basketball, big in our city. Then along came, you know, teams... In the CEBL here, you know, the Stingers came aboard. Uh, we did tons of stuff with the Trappers years ago. Then we would do things that came along with the, the Capitals, the Cracker Cats, the Prospects, and now the Riverhawks. So there's a little bit of a pecking order. But I can guarantee you, look at every other media in town. Nobody talks about, there hasn't been one article written about the Golden Bears playing Saskatchewan tomorrow. There hasn't been one article, uh, one a story on TV talking about the Golden Bears and the Huskies tomorrow, but we're going to talk about it right now with head coach Chris Morris. Chris, welcome back to the big program. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I just had a little bit of a rant there. Uh, one, I got to just do one quick side, sidebar. Yes, Reed Wilkins from 630 Ched does talk about local minor sports, Golden Bears, things like that. Other than that, you will not find it anywhere else in town. Do you agree, Chris? Yeah, you know, I, I we've talked about yeah. this, right? Like the the community, the community engagement with local sports isn't great by the the media outlets right now. Like mm-hmm. the the major media outlets have kind of, I don't know, kind of abandoned the community here with this, with the with the way they're covering it. And uh, I don't know, I just think it's a really nice thing for any community to to celebrate young athletes and to. You know, all any sort of community activity, yeah. anything where, where athletes or anything where young people are going out of their way to distinguish themselves and to do extra and to try to pursue excellence. I think it's really, really important to celebrate that as a community, and we've really stepped away from that in Edmonton as far from a from a sports standpoint. I, I just think it's 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 a funding thing, but I I don't think it's right. Yeah, it's just it's sad. Unfortunately, that's that's where we've come to. But we're going to talk about your big game tomorrow. Uh, you had the bye week. How are things uh, shaping up uh, into that big tilt with Saskatchewan tomorrow at Footfield? Yeah, we've we've had a good week. We got. We got pretty much everybody back from uh, from any nicks and bruises that we've had, you know, going into the bye week. So we feel really good about the the team we're going to put on the field. We've had a good 
you know, lots of energy, lots of enthusiasm during the week. Sometimes when you get back from Thanksgiving, you get a few days off. <laughs> the first couple of days are interesting, but it's been it's been very good. So we're excited about this one on Saturday. Uh, boy, we had uh, Matthew Peterson on, uh, as you probably may have heard, uh, during the bye week. Just really impressed with, uh, you know, how he was so composed during the interview. And, uh, man, I was just thinking while he was talking, that's how he is on the football field. So uh, can you just address uh, how what type of season he's had and uh, how uh, proud you are of what he's accomplished and what he, what he has yet to accomplish? Yeah, he's just such a great kid. Like, he's he's one of those guys who, whatever he puts his mind to, he does well at. Like, he's he's gotten better and better at the classroom since he's been here. I think he's a borderline academic all-Canadian here. Um, he's good in the community. He's, he does the, the coaching with us with all of our minor programs and our select program. And he you know, anybody who gets coached by him, just love him. Um, and he's just such a – he's a lead, lead dog here for us. Like, he's one of the guys who sort of – is out in front of the cart and pulling a line and holding guys mm-hmm. to a standard. And, you know, we have a lot of guys here bought in right now, but he's certainly a, a big reason for that. He's a, he's a great leader here. Well, I know you've worked with Connor Hood a lot, uh, the, the um, uh, student information uh, officer, director. They've got different titles now, the comms, etc. I was wondering, uh, I just kind of reading his article this morning about talking about um, hosting, ar- I'll just read it, hosting arguably their biggest regular season home game in the Chris Morris era. Uh, when you hear that, what do you, what's your reaction to that? I know because you always, you're just one game at a time kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like honestly, like we we've, we've played some games here that are important. Like we we played. I remember in the the first year we made the playoffs here, we had the we had Saskatchewan here and we had to beat them, and we beat them by a significant margin here to make the playoffs for the first time under my uh, under my tenure here as a coach. And it's like I, I hate talking about Chris Morris's tenure. It's it's the players, right? Yeah. The players are the ones who who you know what I mean who do things that are great and the players are the ones who win games and the players are the ones who you know distinguish our program and all that sort of stuff so like the doesn't really matter who's here as a coach if you know the if you get the right guys in here you're going to be okay and i think we got a, a really really good group right now uh, so basically, uh, how do you stack up against Saskatchewan? You went into the Griffith Stadium in such a tough place to play to pick up a victory earlier in the season. Um, are the teams basically on the same kind of path uh, heading into tomorrow? What do you think? Yeah, I, I really feel that we're we're on par with anybody in in the country right now. And I think it's you look at Saskatchewan, and they're one of the top teams in the nation. And this game is going to come down to you know who's more disciplined, who makes fewer mistakes, who executes at a higher level, like all those sort of things that uh, that when you get to the playoffs and you get to like big games with good teams playing, that's that's what decides it. And I think that's uh, that's what we have to be really really cognizant of is that you know you have to play a good game, you have to play a good clean game. Um, without mistakes, without penalties, without things where you're hurting yourself to beat a quality opponent. And I, and I you know, I think the the whole of Canada West are pretty quality opponents. But you look this year and you look at, you know, Saskatchewan and UBC, they're, you know, they're as good as anybody in the nation. So you've got to play, you got to play really good football to, to be in a game move. Uh, Chris Morris, uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears head coach, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on uh, Sports 1440. Besides the the rest and recovery during bye week, um, uh, there's no 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 bye week for the coaches. We know that. But um, so what what do the players kind of do just to kind of take that little bit of a breather to 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 go forward in the last uh, three weeks of the season here? 
Well, you know, it's funny because you get two groups on a youth sports team. You got a hundred guys on a youth sports team. So you got you got the fifty guys who are playing and they're actively on the roster and all that other stuff. And then you got the other fifty guys who are working their tails off and they're in the weight room more and they're they're developing and they're hard on the practice field. So what we did was we had we had regular practices, but we for that group we had we call it the Turkey Bowl every year, mm-hmm. and we have like uh, the offense versus the defense, and we and whoever wins gets deserted or turkey dinner we have after the event. So it's it's, <laughs> it's a really cool event. Like it's a uh, the kids love it, and it's uh, it gives those younger guys a chance to compete and show what they can do, and really really you know get after it for that week because they're not obviously they're not as beat up as some of those guys who've been playing in all the games. Yeah, there's no question about it. And the, the, so, how does that the, the the turkey bowl, the chicken bowl, kind of work? Like, just kind of expand on that, to, just for our listeners. Yeah, we just we practice all week, and the coaches prep the guys on offense and defense for you know it's it's we we game plan it. Like I know AJ had a big game plan this year and had it all sorts of stuff that he was that you know that they were going to do against us, and then we play offense versus defense with some field goals kick uh, mixed in there as well. And uh, we just play for about an hour, and whoever wins is, you know, it's crowned the Turkey Bowl champ for the year. And they, like I said, they they get the uh, they get the pumpkin pie at the end of the thing. Everybody else gets a dinner, but they get the pumpkin pie. Oh, that's so cool! That's so cool. Um, what kind of crowd are you expecting uh, tomorrow afternoon? I mean, we got a pretty decent weather-wise. Uh, unfortunately, same time as the Elks, pretty well. But uh, what are you looking for tomorrow? Yeah, you know what I. It, Hopefully, there's lots of kids from the school that come come and watch. So, you know, obviously, there's going to be, you know, the, the people who are invested in our program, or you know, our supporters and all that. It is tough when you're going up against the Elks. They obviously have, you know, a big fan base. There's only so many football fans in the city, but I think there'll be, I think there'll be a significant crowd here. And I, you know, to us, not really that that relevant, but we're just gonna we're just gonna play and see what happens here. Oh, it's going to be exciting. I wish you all the best tomorrow, Chris. Thanks for coming on and on short notice, gave you a call. Uh, I guess sort of late last night, and you you got back to. I wasn't even out of bed yet. You were down watching film, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, they start early during the year for sure. But yeah, yeah Kevin, I really appreciate you having me on. That it's really nice to give some exposure to these kids. They're working very hard. You betcha. Thanks, uh, Chris. Uh, good luck tomorrow against Saskatchewan. Thanks very much. All right, that's uh, Chris Morris, uh, U of A Golden Bears head coach for In the Community for United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. Uh, United Cycle has been supporting hockey and football and everything in our community for over 95 years. Uh, I still got to go get a stick. Uh, Kelly, please, I got to go get a stick and You're see You're still it. using the wood one this sure, uh, week I, or what? Well, we have hockey today at 12, I think. Um, so I got the Sherwood. It's not even a PMP. It's a 7,000. Well, you're really slumming it. What was it? The, it was the 50-30s. <laughs> the 50-30s, the were most better. popular one. Yeah. That's like the, that is the uh, creme de la creme of wood hockey sticks with the old coffee curve on it, uh, taking, not, uh, taking guys' necks out with point shots with that bad boy. Um, I can barely raise the puck <laughs> with this thing. Although, uh, Fast 80, one of the goalies uh, on our Friday hockey, I did slip one by him short side last week. It, they call it the, the. There was an old goalie I played with. They used to call it the uh, Snowbird Special when I shot on him because it would start out, uh, you know, like uh, you know, puck horizontal to the ice, but there was so uh, there wasn't enough speed on it to kind of keep going that way, so it would tilt, and then it would go between his legs with very little speed, and he called it Ward Paradise Wilson was his name. Called it the uh, uh, Snowbird Special. 
So are you going to be able to play for the uh, CFCW Critters a game or two? Once? I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, on the back half of the season here once Thursday night football wraps up because, of course, the Critters play on Thursday mm-hmm. nights, um, and I'm always at around having the time of my life at a local Canadian brew house, so I'm not yeah. going to complain, but uh, I, I can't wait to get on the ice with the Critters. Uh, but I'm taking the opportunity. Uh, I'm back with my beer league team this weekend. I've taken the last couple weekends off. I had some other things going on, but I'm back at it this weekend, get my skills nice and honed and dialed in. So when I'm back with the critters or debuting with the critters, I yeah. should say I'm at the top of my game. Uh, where's this game this weekend? Or who back are you playing? at the Drake? That's uh, oh that's, really? Our team's uh, our team's <laughs> quote unquote home rink is the Drake, so we play there a lot, and uh, it's nice. I played a lot of hockey there during uh, my time at the U of A. Obviously not with the uh, uh, the Bears, but our campus rec team and stuff. So I love that. Or, I love that arena. Well, I mean, the corners that changed a little bit at the like back in the day, they were even sharper. So it used to be where if you were behind the net and you rang the boards around the, uh, at the Drake it would come out in the slot. Yeah. You know, it's changed. They've changed the dynamic a little bit. It still bit. has the tendency it, to do that uh, here and there. Not as well, because I did play uh, a yeah. goalie sometimes for the campus rec oh. team as well. So uh, I had to, you know, sharp eye, keep, keep things yeah. in front of me. Why would you be the goalie some days? No one shows well, up. I, I played a little bit of goalie um, in, in minor hockey, just briefly, basically after I had my bell rung too many times and I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I had my gear still. So if we are regular goalie or one year, we maybe didn't have a goalie or something. I'd, uh, I'd strap them on and go stand in there and get, uh, get <laughs> shellacked and tier two campus rec hockey. Uh, texter Shane, the old hairball from HF, uh, not to pile on, but this was my mistake. And I, cause Reed Wilkins does a wonderful job at six 30. Chad does a, at night, I mean, to get on the local guests, the local angles, the minor sports. Uh, again, you heard what Chris Morris said. Uh, that's what it's all about. We used to do the Athlete of the Week at Global. It was one of the most popular sports segments going. Uh, Shane goes, uh, sorry not to pile on, just always interested in accuracy. Very, and It's my fault. Uh, I'm not personally interested in local developing sports by it. I understand the importance. Thanks, guys. Uh, Doug says, uh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. Hey, Kevin, as you know, the reason for local TV media not reporting on anything is because the three local TV stations no longer have a sports department. Uh, That's actually four local TV stations, and he corrected himself, uh, which is very sad for this city. Uh, Old school hockey, Doug, very true. And to be honest, one of the reasons that I left television because uh, local television sports... um, is almost non-existent, unfortunately. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will wrap things up with the Duke of Delburn uh, on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, stay with us. Right, more right after the break. Well, Duke, we're finally getting on the same page. Little Sonny James from Slapshot. Um, so we're going to end it. Uh, we didn't really do a lot, talk about a lot of, we were so jammed today, we didn't talk about Playlist Friday a little bit. There weren't a lot of requests coming in because we were so jammed with well, yeah, else? the the the, uh, the Elks topics got a lot of people fired up, mm-hmm. uh, which is great to see. It's it's nice that the fans of the team are still passionate enough. And I think Evan touched on this, Evan Dom, when he was on with us as well, that the fans still care enough to, to have an opinion about this changing, the change yeah. of closing the upper bowl starting next season. So I, I think that's a good sign for the team. Obviously, this season was a struggle and the results weren't necessarily there, but there was... Plenty of positive to draw from, uh, from individual players to uh, the determination of the team as a whole after that rough start and getting the the win finally on home home turf to break that streak. That's not a very kind mm-hmm. one to have your name on in the record books, right? So I, I think there's plenty of positives in the fact that there's enough texters taking the time to let us know that they care. 
I think yeah. that's a good sign for the program moving forward. Well, I mean, even earlier in the week and, and more last week, I think, you know, we would say, you know, not a lot of people are sending us any Elks um, responses, Elks questions, uh, concerns. Uh, today was a good day, as you said. I mean, people still want this football team to thrive. I mean, we all do. Um, when the Elks are humming along, the city is better for it. I mean, sports fans are happy. A um, couple of uh, sociables being posted. Uh, Darren Drager uh, posted uh, that the team under 20 for Canada, uh, coach and management announced today, Alan Latang head coach, Peter Anholt and Brent Seabrook, part of the management group. Uh, from Adam Schefter, your buddy, Miles Sanders, ruled out for the Dolphins. That means, well, a big game possibly for Sherwood Park's Chuba Hubbard. Um, that would be nice for him to just, he's never really had the opportunity, save for maybe a couple of games, but where he's kind of just been the, the go-to back. I don't know if they ever think of him that way, even still with Sanders out, but We've never, he's never really had, okay, you're starting and you're going to get 25 touches today. I don't know if we've, I, I don't think we've ever seen that. So. No, no. And I think you hit it on the head there when you said, even with Sanders out, I think they will probably still go with a, a split duty type thing this weekend. I'm sure Chuba will get more of an opportunity. And with Bryce uh, Young's early struggles, uh, Carolina mm-hmm. might be obligated to lean on the ground game a little bit more. So. I mean, hey, I'm sure it'll come up in conversation with uh, myself and Connor Halley yep. and Fantasy Frenzy here starting at 11 o'clock about the viability of uh, of Chuba Hubbard as a starting option on your fantasy squad this weekend. I mean, it would be great for him to just have a breakout game. You know, his pass catching out of the backfield has improved immensely since he was at Oklahoma State. Uh, that was one of the, uh, you know, he he got substituted a little bit more then you probably would have liked a college back on third down, et cetera, um, at, at OK State. And you think about where he came. You know, I mean, he was just at the start. Uh, he was returning punts, returning kicks, got a couple of breaks and took advantage of that. And, and then, you know, next thing you know, he's uh, one of the top running backs in the nation. would be awesome to see, you know, a kid out of Sherwood Park, uh, played at Bev Facey to, you know, rack up to a hundred and some yards uh, on Sunday and, you know, a few catches, maybe a TD, you know, the last great Canadian running back. I mean, in the NFL, I mean, Ruben Mays back in the day was probably the best Canadian running back uh, to come out of North Battleford. We've had a, a couple of other ones, but uh, man, that would be really cool to see a big game for Chuba Hubbard with Miles Sanders out. Oh, uh, when we were talking some baseball stats, man, oh man, uh, the Phillies just dominated um, Atlanta pitching. In the NL, DS, Trey Turner, eight hits, two doubles, two homers, two ribbies. Nick Castellano, seven hits, four home runs, four runs batted in. Bryce Harper, six hits, three of them homers, five RBI. That is dominating, dominating. Um, tomorrow night... If you're not busy, can you join us tomorrow night at Century Casino Sports Bar at Century Casino on Fort Route, Fort Road? Uh, I'll be down there. The Duke of Delburn will be down there for the Sports 1440 Home Opener Watch Party. It's going to be a, a hoot. Or what do the kids call it now, Duke? Is that a... 
Not I don't really think a, anybody's calling it a hoot anymore or really? uh, a shindig. Um, I don't know. I always like to say it's going to be a riot. Which a riot. That has okay. a, kind of some negative connotations to it, but uh, it just means it's going to be a good time. So uh, cast okay. to the wind or aspersions, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, how about epic rager? Sure. That okay. sounds good. It'll be an epic rager tomorrow at Century Casino Sports Bar at Century Casino on Fort Road. Uh, we'll be down there around 8 o'clock. Uh, the Duke of Delburn, uh, Brandon Douglas, myself will be down there. Some other uh, people uh, from the station, hopefully. Uh, Connor can't make it, though, huh? Date night, date he's, weekend? He's got a little weekend getaway planned for himself <laughs> and his lovely wife. So uh, we'll miss him this time. But uh, thankfully, our friends over at Century Casino, this is going to be the first of many uh, type events like this. So uh, Connor says you can already, th- we don't even have it planned yet, but already RSVP him as a yes to the next one that we're going to do down there. Uh, cool. So anyway, come on down. We've got the uh, Edmonton Zamboni cooler to give away. You can go to sports1440.ca for more info. I think my buddy Jeff Nicholas will be down there after he went down there at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, uh, three days early. Nick wasn't always the sharpest guy going, but nah, he was okay. Um, what else is going on? Oh, uh, Elks just kind of released their depth chart this morning uh, for tomorrow's game. A couple of uh, ins and outs. Uh, uh, what do we got? Yeah, there's a few guys that are coming off. Of course, uh, when we had Chris Jones on, he talked about the injuries uh, on the defensive line, uh, talked a bit, little bit about... Uh, um, Jamin Pelly, he's got the appendicitis. Uh, obviously, another guy that will not play tomorrow is Cole Nelson. Car accident, T-bone. That was uh, kind of a, a scary situation. And Morgan Niles is out. So the uh, Elks will have some guys coming in uh, to play tomorrow at 2 o'clock against the Alouettes. So try the double dip, 2 o'clock, down at Commonwealth. It's the Elks and uh, the Montreal Alouettes, their last home game of the season. It'll be your last time. If you want to sit in the upper deck, I guess, too. <laughs> That's one last little dig for all the upper deckers. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow uh, at 8 o'clock is uh, the Oilers taking on the Vancouver Canucks as the Oilers try to uh, get back in business. Uh, Dallas sends in the text, tell Century Casino to open up their poker room again, and I'll be there. Uh, so... What do you call? You were talking with uh, with uh, Connor about what do you call the slot machines? Well, the dingers. Oh, the dingers. It, of anybody here to uh, to uh, uh, relate to that, I, mean, I thought you is would that be something one, Kevin, to do with from, my age. Well, no, just like the small town. Obviously, oh, okay. uh, your time in in Melville and Yorkton and everywhere else. Like I thought that was a small town bar expression when the VL bank of VLTs are sitting over in the corner behind the pool table. You just say to your buddies, "Yeah, I'm going to go throw twenty into the dingers." They're so it was such a small town they never had them there, Duke. <laughs> Maybe they weren't invented yet. No, they, they it was the old the the real slots where you know you <laughs> pull pulled, the big lever, you pull the lever, and then it was ding ding ding, three cherries come up, and that was the winner. That's all you needed, three cherries. It wasn't all this other you know the diagonal lines and yeah, I can't keep track. Here's my initial experience or um, exposure maybe to gambling. In the Delburn Curling Club, where I spent a lot of time growing up, both my parents, uh, big-time curlers. Why, were they um, running a book out of there? No, no, but uh, and, and I would love to hear some texters 
listeners tell mm-hmm. me if anybody else is like there were these li- they're not scratchers they're like little pull tab things because you reminded me of when you said oh, the three cherries yeah, we got oh yeah and I you know. pull those and if you then you can win yeah and it's basically like a, a physical paper version of slots okay duke you got to go down to the legion <laughs> that's yeah they still have them at the legion and you can pick them up whatever you want and yeah they're just uh the pull tabbers. Okay, and then one more thought here before yeah. uh, I let you ra- uh, wrap up the show. <laughs> you said Legion. This reminded me of another thing. So last night, Canadian Brew House Windermere. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever been to that location before, or at least not back to the one corner. They have a shuffleboard table oh, well, in at the Windermere Canadian Brew House. I'll be back. I love shuffleboard. Chopper Lopatinsky, eye doctor to the stars at Century Vision, has one in his House? loft. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those, A, they're really expensive, I've learned, uh, because yeah. the El Nora bar I was selling <laughs> theirs a number of years ago, and we looked into buying it, and they wanted a fortune for it. And the thing is, because, like, so hard to get them, because they're one solid piece, right? There's no disassembly, or, like, you yeah. just got to bring them in, and they got to fit in and get wherever you want them, and they're pretty much there to stay. Well, there used to be one at most sports, sports parlor, too, and that was the site of many... Well, that's closed down, doesn't matter. Many, many after-hour tournaments... That uh, with some illegal betting going on. Wow, what a week it's been. Uh, thanks to our Friday co-host, Eddie Steele, the former CFLer. Uh, great stuff again, Eddie. Chris Jones, uh, Elks head coach and uh, GM uh, as the Elks get ready for their uh, final home game of the season. Uh, tomorrow, 2 o'clock against Montreal. Mark Spector, as he joins us every day at 8 o'clock uh, on the mark for Booster Juice. Our headliner of the day, Scott Taylor, Game On Magazine. Uh, for Mr. Reuter. Hey, you know what? We had some comments about Kate Pedersen. We didn't, and we're going to have her on again. We didn't get to half the stuff we wanted to talk about with Kate uh, for sure. And it's always so cool to catch up with Troy Murray, uh, Blackhawks uh, color analyst, uh, the pride of St. Albert. Evan Dom came on, and thanks to Evan on short notice to kind of clarify some things with the uh, upper deck at Commonwealth. Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News and Chris Morris from the Golden Bears football team. Good luck to the Bears tomorrow against Saskatchewan. Coming up, on uh, Sports 1440 at 11 o'clock is Fantasy Frenzy with a former Roshep T-Bird Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn Brandon Douglas low down with low tide from 12 to 2 and then Jason Greger from 2 to 6 takes you home here on Sports 1440 have a wonderful weekend everybody thanks for listening so much we'll see you back here on Monday morning at 7 before that here's the Duke